This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. panic unless you really, really want to, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals are here, and we're going to take the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore Live on alphageekradio.com. Today on Casually Hardcore, the age of Ultron is upon us. And Microsoft on Minecraft's future. Apple gives free OS to everyone. Layoffs at NCSoft. Wildstar hit particularly hard. And HBO for everyone! <laughs> Share your games on the PS4. Sorta. Iron Man is going to invade Captain America 3. And so much tele- television to talk about. Doctor Who episodes 7 and 8 and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 2 and 3. See what happens when you guys don't show up for a week, huh? Huh? Uh, yeah, we're still behind. We're still behind. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. So let's dive into the uh, the TV thing. So we yeah. got a couple of weeks worth of Doctor Who doing uh, the proper Gilligan and staying out of sequence. Still, We still have two episodes to catch up on. Right. So um, thing on a train and what was the other one? The, the moon. moon. The thing on the moon. first. Thing on the moon and thing on a train. Go. Egg moon. Egg, egg moon. moon. I am the egg moon. Yeah. What? Who's the walrus? <laughs> Who does that make the walrus? I don't know. Cuckoo kachu. Cuckoo kachu. Yeah, exactly. Um, or as I was saying in the pre-show, pre, pre, uh, uh, we have two episodes, and, and the doctor's a dick, and then the doctor's a dick in a different way. Yes. So still a dick. Yeah. They're, they're really giving him room to stretch his puny human's legs a lot on these scripts. Well, I mean, actually, I, I the more I thought about it, the more I really liked these two episodes... Uh, when taken as a whole, as to what they kind of are doing with the character, at least up through that point. Um, yeah, I think they're going back to the, I know best, you just need to trust me, and that things will work out if you do what I say. Well, actually, I think they're going a little darker than that. I think, you know, by the time you get to the the end of the train episode, you have a pretty clear-cut feeling that the doctor's an addict, And he just doesn't know even if he is one because he's always been this way. And he's really in a he's a he's an adrenaline junkie for the lack of a better word. He always wants to be in very dangerous situations. And so is Clara. He surrounds himself with other addicts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the I think that's the the purpose for Danny in this story is to point that out to Clara. Say, Do you understand what you are? He is your dealer. You are the addict. Oh, yeah. And by the way, he's hooked on it, too. Well, and he, but he, I mean, they originally framed it with him being the commanding officer right. and mm-hmm. that. And so that kind of gave her pause. But by the end of the train episode, you have some very addict-like moves on her part where she starts lying to cover up her addiction. Right. 
back to Danny. So it's an interesting take on the character that one we haven't seen, especially over since the reboot. There's been no nobody that actually inferred that the character or that the doctor had that much of a character flaw going on. Um, there's been small things brought up, but never to the level of like, you actually might need to seek help. <laughs> Donna did that to a certain extent in a the tenant era, which said you, you need somebody with you to, to, to know when to, to pull back. Well, yeah, that was that more was to, different. Yeah. To me, that was more her saying like, you get a little too amped up for your self-destructive. Wh- yeah. You're well, you're just at the end. You're very, you know, you, you crusade a little bit sometimes overly so, but she was as much of an addict as any of the other companions. She wanted to go along for these rides. She wanted to do these things that were very dangerous. And, you know, again, it was just, nobody's ever really had that realization until Clara kind of says it at the end of the episode and then proceeds to do exactly what she just identified was the issue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pot kettle. Exactly. So, but the first episode with, that we're talking about is the actual. The, I don't. I don't recall the name of it. Kill the moon. Kill, Kill the, moon. the moon. So, they go off to uh, check out the moon because the girl, the little student who puked all over his ship, was feeling bad because the doctor called her not special. Uh huh. <laughs> Which was like, all right, emo. Uh, yeah. So she's a teenager. Come on, they're exactly. all emo. So they go to the moon and come to find out they're on the moon at a different point in time. They're not there uh, during her present day. They actually go into the future where the moon is having a lot of issues, causing a lot of destruction on Earth. And come to find out that the moon has had a base up there, and there's spider thingies that murdered people. And of course, they murder the idiot astronauts that they get sent up there. How did the How did the bad guys from um, Oh the uh, Tom Cruise film get up there? The uh, which one? The most recent one. Uh, what's the one with the the Groundhog Day one from this summer? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't yet. seen that one. Oh, the the character the, the creature design is somewhat reminiscent of the, uh, the uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Of Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, not, the one where he respawns. Yes, the one where he re- the, the video game movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Um, Got it. Yeah, the, the creature design was was similar. Uh, yeah. Way more wicked in the movie because bigger budget, but same, very sure. similar. But yeah, the, so the moon has a big secret. Um, and but the the pivotal moment is when the doctor picks up on what's going on, realizes it's kind of a major moment in human history, and just washes his hands of it and says, "Okay, I'm not going to interfere. You humans decide. You either destroy this creature living inside the moon uh, to save your planet, or you let it live and see what happens." And he just flies away in the TARDIS and leaves Clara to deal with it. And the one astronaut yes. and the little girl. Yeah. To- just total abandonment and. You'd think that would give Clara trust issues. She chooses correctly. As this is not one of those immutable moments in time, but it is a very important moment in human history, as it turns out, where we had been turning inward, and now this turns us, our eyes back out to the stars, and we start exploring um, after this point. So it was a hugely important moment in time, and Clara feels completely betrayed for having him just... He knew what was going on, and he walked away and left her to make a massive decision, a culture altering decision and yet by the end of the episode she's completely back on board with him of course because addict 
Yeah. Well, no, but by the end of that episode, she was freaking out to Danny saying, yes. I'm done. And he goes, well, you're That's saying right. that now. Yeah, yeah, I was blending Because you're two. angry. But you're angry. Mm-hmm. But you, it's when you're calm and you can say it. That's when you know you're really done. Right. So, and that leads into the next episode where they're going on a train ride as their last hurrah, where she has told him, you're, you infer the fact that she's told him that this is it. I'm, I can't do this anymore. Right. This is their, um, their, their last big go, and it's kind of yeah. a solemn beginning to the episode. It's the Orient Express. Right. In space. In space. In space. Which is a call, uh, call back to a Matt Smith bit. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. They, I mean, real quick on that Moon episode. So his whole reason, though, for leaving her with that decision was her basically bitching him out earlier in an earlier episode saying, you, you think of humans as so small. Right. And he's, he goes, well, fine, here you go. Here's the big decision. You guys are on your own. You're, you know, humans stand tall, figure it out. I'm out. And he leaves. And then she's bitching because he left them there. (laughs) So it's like, ah, you can never win, honey. Yeah. There is no right answer. No. Um, so they have uh, the next episode is quite fun. The, the author of, yeah. of that one did an AMA on Reddit right before the episode aired, which was kind of fun. Oh, and, cool! And he wrote, wrote oh. this one and he wrote next week's episode as well. Um, but the nice, nice riff on the the mummy myth, uh, yeah, with yeah. science. Um, the first episode in a while where we get a little, a uh, little bit of Missy as well. They're still letting that that mystery bad guy or mystery whatever it may be uh, build in the background. Um, but the, the, the MacGuffin of the alien warrior tech was kind of neat. Uh, I thought it was, you know, an actual motivation for what is typically a paper cutout of a villain in, in a mummy. Right. Um, have an actual reason for it to be doing what it's doing was kind of neat. And I was like, oh, that was kind of a cute idea. Fun. Yeah. Um, some good not just wanting to kill for, for the sake of the killing. sake that it's a monster, basically. Right. Just kill. I mean, zombies yeah. being all the rage and and the such. You know, we see this kind of trope coming up again and again and again. And it's refreshing to have at least a little bit of a different take on it. Sure. Well, that and you also have the doctor once again being you know very clinical in his approach to the situation mm-hmm. and realizing well. We're going to have to break some eggs here yep. to, to solve this. And, you know, kind of lies or gets people like, you know, tells them, hey, you're about to die. So you, you know, spend these last few moments telling me what you're seeing because none of us could see it. I need to figure out what's going on. Yep. So and, you know, the reaction of the rest of the crew is kind of like, wow, you're being really cold. And, and yet, yet you're getting the job done. But exactly. yeah, but you see from his perspective is that I can't save them, so I have to get what I I have to try to prevent the next one. Right. So and it's it, you know he is acting like a doctor, mm-hmm. and or you know one least, you or, classically or, or research, see in a medical you know, situation, doctor, yeah. trying to save as many as possible. Right, but not getting held up on emotions right. over the ones he couldn't. Okay, couldn't, but I got what I could from you. So next. Yeah. Form an orderly queue until we're right. until we fix this one. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, they're both very entertaining episodes. The momentum is definitely keeping up. I think the quality of writing this season. The yeah. writers are definitely finding this doctor's voice as, as gruff and mean as that may be. Um, but I, I am waiting for the other shoe to fall because they kind of delivered on exactly what I wanted Capaldi's doctor to be. Yeah. And I'm not used to them living up to my expectations quite that precisely. 
So I'm wondering where if something's going to get screwed up at some point, I'm going to have to go. Oh. Well, I'm guess. I mean, I think at some point he has to hit a tipping point between being so detached and actually investing again in the human the, race. The human race, let alone his companions. Right. I'm wondering if that's exactly where they're headed with this. Is is right. I mean, they had they gave us a small taste of it in the Christmas episode, The Snowmen. Mm-hmm. which was on the heels of uh, Amy and Rory leaving, so they had the emotionally uh, stripped Matt Smith sure. doctor who was completely uninterested. This Living is, in a cloud. Right. And so this is that same idea, not quite as extreme, but over you know the in all the episodes of a season. So that's a, a different uh, feeling. I feel, yeah, I feel like Matt Smith's was more like he was done because he was hurt himself. He was traumatized, yeah. Traumatized. Whereas this one, he's not really done. He's he's done with... He's done with the way the humans act, but not done with the humans. Well, he's right. also in a place of he didn't expect to still be going at this point. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm still alive. Right. I have no plan for this uh, contingency. I had, I had hundreds of years to prepare for the end of my life, which then did not come. Right, yep. right. So he's probably like, uh, reset, uh, okay, uh, do-over. Do-over. In, you know, a do-over in, in as major ways you can imagine. Hey, look, 13 more lives, great. Yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? Are they, are they keeping up the momentum? Are they got your interest? What do you? What's your gut on that one so far? Well, I'm still watching it. I think, I mean, so far it's there. I think it's it's done a good job of keeping the momentum that they built up from last season. Uh, I think the characters themselves are much less wooden than what we saw. Oh, for sure. I think they have Absolutely. more compelling stories around each individual member of the the group, that at least from the the first season the the new additions though to the group i like a lot as well oh, even yeah. though they haven't actually built up stories around them yet i still think they're interesting additions you to got this a point. little bit of backstory on the one guy whose dad was from the howling commando era yeah uh, well you have backstory on him you have the other guy who came as a mercenary and then you have the third guy who's kind of helping uh fitz get through some of his uh, yeah i like and i like wants. the dynamic they're building up between those two and, and they've yeah. actually you know, BJ and Fitz. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, spinoff show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had to. They had to give Fitz brain damage to make him interesting to me. That's yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, the actor is nailing it. I think. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. I think he's been doing a great job with it, and so I mean, but the, the new additions they haven't like. I mean, you have uh, Coulson right now has the whole alien blood. What's going on? He's writing queer sh- trap on the wall. Yada yada yada. May's kind of helping him with that. You have Ward, who is much more interesting in being in a prison cell than he ever was running around as Captain America. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> I agree. You know, even Sky has become more competent. Tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> At well, least she's competent and a functional member of the team now. And it looks like they're laying the groundwork for the this season to be very much about her. Yeah. From yeah. the standpoint of. You know, they her got the, the mis- parent- her, her parentage. Um, yeah. And also from the standpoint of she's part of the Coulson mystery. So yeah. what's his face? Big bad from last season. Um, and Paxton. Coulson, Paxton's character. And Coulson yeah. got the alien go juice. Right. And they mm-hmm. both have the visions and the compulsion to carve, not just draw. It has to be carved 
carve all the alien symbology all over everything. Yeah, that's what I was laughing at. And Sky uh, <laughs> got the same go juice, and it didn't affect her that way. Right, she's mm-hmm. not carving. Why? Well, obviously Sky has weird history, yeah. and she has Kyle McLaughlin as her dad. Which Kyle is... McLaughlin turning in a really creepy as hell performance too. Oh, yeah. get to see he's, that. he's always a welcome addition to pretty much any show I watch. He's, so. aged, he's aged into this this type of role really well, though. I mean, he yeah. he, he used to be kind of the slightly baby faced character. Yeah. And now he's you know doing the little bit more gaunt, drawn. Uh, mm-hmm. In this version, and he's capable of being quite scary. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of this is going to be about uh, Sky's dad and where we're going with that. But yeah, it's you know there's there's something interesting happening in each scene. I've got maybe one or two more plot threads going than I like. Um, yeah, there is a lot going on, that's for sure. I'm hoping they, they tidy up some of them or they all arrive. You know, It'd be a lot of fun if the writing is good enough where they, these things that appear unrelated to us intersect at some later point and say, holy crap, it was all one big story the whole time, which yeah. I, I yeah. love being surprised like that. Um, but they've got me looking forward to... Um, I mean, they, they re- they've done one of my favorite things, which is to not abandon plot threads from previous series. So we had right. we- Weather Boy, uh, who's now Freezer Boy, from last Weather series. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, off, just trying to, to be left alone. And of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra both want him because he's a metahuman or whatever they're calling them in this show. Yeah. Um, and the bigger reveal that they've been setting up is the brainwashing technology that oh, yes. Hydra has at their command. Right. Which they, as was revealed in the episode they had used on Weatherboy and were trying to re-exert. And then they also show over the course of an episode them breaking um, Agent 33, a former yeah. dedicated S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who by the end of the episode is a dedicated Hydra, a brainwash Um So it's the... And they threaten to use it on Simmons if she ever goes off the rails. Oh, but of course. I mean, if you've got it, use it. Yep. Um, now it's also been demonstrated that it's not perfect because Freezer Boy, you know, went off his leash, and they had to, you know, get it get a face to face with him to try and reactivate the uh, um, brainwashing. Another important part of that was a conversation between Sky and Ward, where she basically gave him the out. So well, yeah. we now know that they have this, you know, this Faustus technique that they use, and Ward's is honest. He says no. Sorry, I, I never wish, had to use it I on never me. Never had to use it on me. I, I I was in there of my own free will. Yeah. So he's not. He's the, the he's playing it straight, saying I will not lie to you. He's he's that 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 character you should be slightly afraid of, who is totally capable of manipulating you without ever telling a lie. Right. Yep. Right. Um, exactly. There's been several shows uh, that I've loved over the years that have had characters exactly like that who get to the end and are revealed to have led you down the path to where maybe you didn't want to go and they never misled you and you walked yourself down there. Right in there. Sure. They have withheld the odd bit of information or phrased it a particular way, but there were no outright lies told. He is like a fairy from the Dresden books. Yes. Ah, that's a very good analogy. Yes, he is. There you go. Be careful what you agree to. Yes. Right. Do not nod. Do not say thank you. Do not 
do not make eye contact. You have the right. Yeah. To, you have the right to sing the blues. You have the right to cable TV. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's a great analogy. Is, is tread lightly because uh, he, he's got information you need, but what's it gonna cost you? Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. Hmm. So, so, just but yeah, the, still has my interest though. I mean, I'll still be watching it. I hasn't really lost it. In fact, like because of the deeper characters, I think it's gained more more of my interest than it used to have. Yeah, and I'm definitely more on board. I was on board out of loyalty last season because I, I had hopes that what they appeared to be doing was what they were doing, which was the luxury of the slow build and not having to worry about ratings in the short term and instead trading it for a well-developed story so mm-hmm. far. seemed to have delivered. Now they don't have the crutch of the big reveal of the movie tie-in. Um, you know, We'll see how... Uh, they tie into Age of Ultron, um, though I think by then they'll be on their season break. So they may they may do an end of season lead in to Age of Ultron, which would be an interesting right. different directional tie in. Um, but they don't have the big bombshell of the world altering event in the movie tie in that kind of got everybody excited last season. So they're going sure. to carry it on the strength of their story alone. So far, I mean, it, it still has us talking about it in an animated fashion, so I count that as a very good sign that they're doing something right. Correct. Yeah, I think yeah. it's good. I mean, I think now they just, like you said, they need to build on the plots they have going on. I think they need to keep incorporating superheroes or metahumans, whatever you want to call them, into their storylines, though, because yeah. that was a big missing piece from last year, I thought as well. It took them a while to get some to get actual some things that yeah. you needed the agents of shield to deal with that weren't just like something hokey or basically everything was always attributed to the uh, alien technology right. for the most part. So. so, so far this season we've had absorbing man, uh, yeah. weather wizard boy, um, some implied something on the part of sky's dad. Right. Um, and then the rest of it's been pretty mundane stuff. Conflicts with the military, uh, the soup, the um, some technology. So they've had the um, the same camo mesh we saw in Captain America three mm-hmm. utilized to impersonate Taggart and May at various points. Um, getting Ming Na to fight in her. Uh, Slip was kind of nice, just easy on the eyes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was miles away. Um, yeah. And damn, she's in good shape and can throw kicks like nobody's business. Uh, or, her, or her stunt double, whoever whoever they had in there kicking herself's ass because it was a you know apparent. I think that's an episode ahead. Yeah. We haven't seen that episode. Uh, okay, you'll yes. have you'll have the opportunity for that. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, they've they've kept it up. I'm hoping. Hoping for more of that. Yeah. Um, now, they had it intended this last week to roll the premiere of the first teaser trailer for the Avengers 2 Age of Ultron yeah. with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. However, due to somebody in the foreign markets leaking stuff, the trailer got leaked earlier. So they just put it up on the internet full HD ahead of time with a lovely little tweet to go with it, which simply said, damn it, Hydra. Right. (laughs) I thought was hilarious. Um, Might as well own it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The leak happened. They made a great joke out of the the implication. Hydra has snuck in and they have leaked our trailer onto the internet. So here it is in full HD glory. Um, 
the so we get our first uh, glimpses and really kind of a grim uh, overall grim trailer, I'd say. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, number one, you have James Spader doing monster voiceover work. Yes. Just uh, uh, Ultron Reddington. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Crazy, calm, scary. I'm here to kill the world. Mm. <laughs> but because it's Disney, ABC, Marvel conglomerate, they own the right. rights to certain songs. So the creepy boy choir background of the Pinocchio I've Got No Strings song, yeah. which was, was creepy as hell. Yes. Um, it plays, well, in, plays into the whole robot AI breaking away, you know, breaking away from its marionette strings of its master. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he says it. I, I know he says it, the line. Yeah, yeah have it no says the line. on me. Right. Um, but it's, of course, been, been dissected and picked apart. We do get our first shot of uh, Tony armoring up in the Hulkbuster armor. Hulkbuster yes. armor. And which implies that he's going to need the Hulkbuster armor to fight the Hulk, which we get glimpses well, of as well. But we're not really sure if that's actually Tony in there or not, because you don't actually see him in it. You see, it, a, you it, see somebody in an Iron Man suit going into, because it, yeah. it's, it's, it's armor around armor in this case. Right. But well, we know that that Ultron is taking over a lot of Tony's prototype units as well and using that for his army. So it's possible he could be controlling the Hulkbuster. Yeah. Which would also then lead again. This is one of those tension points though they could have mm. of like, well, you never told us you made a Hulkbuster, Buster, right, like yeah. for Bruce Banner to be like WTF. <laughs> Especially since they're such best buddies and yeah. all. Yeah. No, I think that's going to be a major plot point because they 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 show a moment. Of them all sitting around a uh, uh, Quinjet, and Bruce is all under a towel, you know, obviously have, having recently de-hulked and kind of looking yeah. like, holy crap, what just happened? And lots of emotional shots of, of, of Tony um, owning the fact that, oh, hey, I brought us here by doing these things because my creation is now escaped and right. is now a massive threat to us. And... So they may be, you know, there's lots of talk about laying the groundwork for Planet Hulk, where they re start realizing over the course of the film that the Hulk cannot be controlled and may need to uh, be sent away at some point. Maybe not this movie, but at some point in the future. Sure. Um, they got the little moment where you see the big green Hulk hand and um, Black Widow yeah. Kind of doing the, the peaceful moment of calm down, holding hands, come down, come back to me kind of a moment, which I thought was a neat throwback yeah. to, their, to their experience together in sure. Avengers, um, where she may be able to, to serve as that anchor for Bruce when he when he hulks out out of control. Um, right. That'd yeah. be good. But you also have a scene of uh, Thor choke, choke lifting uh, Tony up yep. as well. Oh, yes. One-handed. I'm yeah. just a few and... <laughs> Um, so there's lots, lots of, uh, fan service and we get our look at, you know, Quicksilver being quick yeah. and yep. Scarlet Witch being Scarlet-y with, Scarlet. her, 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 with, <laughs> yes. her, with her angry witch energy and we see them hanging out with Ultron. So he pals up with them at some point in this, um, we see the fortress where they were pictured as being held at the end of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I uh, see... Uh, a flash moment of the vibranium shield broken in half. Yeah. Uh, you see uh, bits of 
the robotic hand with the vibranium dripping off of it. So you, we, you know, Ultron gets his vibranium form in this movie, apparently. Right. Yeah. Which right. would explain why he could uh, take out the shield. Um, so lots of iconic stuff from you know, various comic stories, cherry picked and thrown together into one pot. Um, yeah. I think they're they're doing their normal thing they've done so far, which is to harvest things that they know were successful in comic book form, maybe reassembling them and laying the groundwork for always laying the groundwork for future stories as well, because this may be setting up tension for the eventual Civil War uh, yes. storyline that, that's hinted at in Captain America 3. Right. Well, and yeah, we have a story on that one which we'll later on yeah. with the... Uh, Announcement that Robert Downey Jr. is in talks for for doing, doing Captain more America three, and with the intent being that it's Civil War. Yeah, which whew, that's going to be interesting well, to pull. Combined off. with the fact that Chris Chris Evans mm-hmm. has basically stated he doesn't want to play Captain America anymore. Right. Uh, Let's do the, do the third one and out. Pretty much. I mean, he's on under contract for his those movies as well as the Avenger movies. Right. Uh, but Civil War would give him a nice exit point. Yeah, if they follow that exact uh, storyline, yeah. uh, where, 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 where that one leads, uh, headshot. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, again, this will be the, fir- the first big test of, uh, not technically, arguably the second with Edward Norton being replaced by, uh, uh, who's the actor's name? Hulk. Uh, oh, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo, thank you. Yeah. Um, but that was really before they had established their momentum, have a major character replaced with a new actor. And cause they, they want these characters to be generic and they can just substitute in good actors and cheap actors from their perspective. Uh, as sure. much as they want to keep the, uh, franchise running and the actor becomes less important. The, the whole James Bond model. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, that's every studio's dream. I'm sure. Oh God. You know? Yeah, what That's, studio wouldn't want this? Is is a never-ending uh, line of people at the box office for the movie, and then they can just plug whatever talent is available in to make the movie happen. Right. Although I it mean, doesn't always work that way. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it worked great with Mark because he makes an amazing Hulk. But I'd say he was an upgrade over. Ed. Yes, I, I love absolutely. Edward Norton. I just didn't like him in that role quite as much. No, he, he was well. He was better than uh, Eric Bana. So you oh. had the the well, Eric Bana move version of Hulk, which was horrible, and then you got to Edward Norton, which I thought was better, better. but it still wasn't great. And then Ruffalo came in and really made it his own. He just, uh, he just brings a he. I don't know. He's he. I can't put my finger on why I love him in the role so much, but I really look forward to his screen time as Bruce. I think because you can, he he. You can believe him that he's a nerd. Yes, oh but God. you also believe that he's angry that he can get that He's angry because he has this rough up and well uh, also i mean where you meet his character compared to the other two is he is accepting of what he is at that point he's or i should say say accepting he's resigned to what he is to the point of having tried to commit suicide yeah. right right but he's got and, and but he has at the same time a certain level of arrogance with it as well where it's like 
I basically can destroy. And there's no situation you can put me in that I can't get out of. You have no idea what you're dealing with. I, you know, all you people can talk and and say your stuff, but he's kind of above it all because he knows in the end I'm going to turn into a gigantic rage monster, and nothing that you guys can do can stop that. Right, and I can't even stop myself. So, right. yeah. So why should I really? I, I may care kill so all of you, but I'll be out the other end, and yeah. So he's kind of got that, that grim determination of grim, yeah, grimness to him that the other ones didn't because the other ones were still fighting so much against their nature. Whereas he, there's no mention in this movie of him trying to discover a cure for himself. Right. He's True. just kind of like, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yep. He tried the cure. It was a bullet. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other guys spit it out. Right. Yep. Right. All right. So uh, that brings us handily to the end of the segment. And we shall return shortly with more newsy goodness from all around the web for your for your inner, outer, and uh, still so dark because it's still so early, and the chipper little girly at the front desk doesn't mind at all. These phony living rooms and fake plants are killing me. This bad coffee's filling me with evil parts, joy and rage. Put my makeup on and crack in half. I choke back a laugh. Find the camera with the red light. Good morning, Tucson. The lights come on and so I smile wide and say, Good morning, Tucson. I throw to you before I throw the rest away. When I was coming up, I got the donuts, which means I got the donuts that I wanted. There was no young punk to steal my jelly glaze, and I am still sort of amazed that you can be born in the 90s. When I don't like what they talk about, I take the earpiece out, they just cue me through the window. Good morning, Tucson. The lights come on, and so I smile wide and say, Good I throw to you before I throw the rest away While they do the weather I pretend I'm writing something But I'm really far away, really far away I keep my smile warm and kiss to turn the camera on Cause now I have something to say, I have something to say melting but I just keep going it's been a pleasure knowing you I wish you all the best of luck when the prompter dies I'm comfortable winging it I'm practically singing it the song that tears the world apart through the smoke beyond my parking space I see my giant face on the billboard by the highway good morning Tucson the lights come on and so I smile wide and say good morning I throw to you before I throw the rest away Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com In the land of Wow, that's a remarkably sensible opinion to see coming from Microsoft. We have an article <laughs> from Polygon.com. 
Xbox's boss skeptical that Minecraft needs a sequel. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is uh, Phil Spencer, the man in charge of Xbox, opened up about the company's recent acquisition of Minecraft and its maker, Mojang. Uh, he's not saying that he's not sure a sequel to the landmark title is the thing that makes the most sense. Normally, I would expect them to be charging directly towards putting their stamp all over it and say, it's now Microsoft Minecraft and now Minecraft 2.5 with all the Microsoft branding you could possibly want. And hey, you barely recognize the game anymore, but we've got the Minecraft name, so buy it. <laughs> or is that a little, too, a little, too, a little too cynical? Maybe you think dripping off there just a little bit. <laughs> well, we've, we've seen that kind of acquisition crap in the past. Um, it's very refreshing. To see not that attitude um, dominating the conversation. We have really have no idea what their plans are, but they at least are starting to say one of the things that they're not going to do is just rush to making a sequel just so they would have something to sell. Like, well, what would the sequel be if, if exactly. when you really think about it? It'd be 16-bit. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, I mean, I think one of the the... Not only is it encouraging to see them not going, okay, we're, we just want to capitalize on the name and make a sequel, but also in the article it says one of the things they're looking at is the fact that BC gamers have access to all these mods, and they really want to bring that experience to all their platforms. That's going to be a challenge. It's a challenge, but it's a good thing to think about. Well, I mean, what what do you know? PC gamers largely lord over the console gamers, other than raw computing power. It's usually the mod community. So, well, you can you can't mod. All you can do is DLC, locked, fenced-in DLC provided by the publishers. All you can do on the console. And right. So all the the PC gamers are like la 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 mod community. Look at all the wacky things we've done. Look at my super high-res Skyrim with all these texture packs and da 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 da. And if they want to try and bring at least some of that in, and, and Minecraft is I would think would be one of the perfect places to try that, just because of the nature of the beast. Uh, that could really change the face of things. That could really set the Xbox One apart from their competitors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they could, you know, try to just do it across all their platforms. Uh? Crazy money. So, I mean, I think eventually there are, it, you get the feeling, well, number one, they spent $2.5 billion on this. With a B. They want to recoup their money. This isn't just a let's get some branding out there exercise. This is, we think this has has a return on investment that's going to be worth it for us. Yeah, I'm going to be in the land of learning more about Minecraft. Uh, I'm probably going to wind up setting up a server for Nemesis. Um, oh, cool. We're finding that he, now since he's had his own phone, he communicates aggressively and uh, a lot via text. So oh, okay. we're thinking a chat environment would be a great way to um, work on language skills with him. So and being a, a big fan of of Warcraft style games and other and some of the tablet based building style games, we think Minecraft might be a shoe in for him. And his peers are big. Kids are big, big into Minecraft. I mean, they they, oh, yeah. they didn't spend two point five billion because nobody was playing it. Right, um, sure. So maybe he'll report back before too much off the longer here on how, what it's like to be a Minecraft server admin. Well, you can also talk to a uh, friend of the show, Ragok. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Not only h- him and um, 
Dale. Dale have set up a server with a ton of mods on it, like crazy mods that like completely change. Like you have like automatic mining facilities now and all kinds of weird stuff that happens and adds like <laughs> a lot of like actual like questing content to it. And like there's a tower defense mode. He's telling me all this stuff. I was like, wow. I'm so <laughs> out of touch because my Minecraft experience was wandering around chopping at trees. Pretty much. Yeah. I um, made uh, a house in the trees. I was my don't get it. Oh, what, what was it, Kelsey? Kelsey. Yep. <sighs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> I made some underground lava waterfalls. That was pretty cool, too. <laughs> lava water. Yes, lava water. I know it well. That's right. But, yeah, otherwise, no. I mean, the the mods on the PC, because we only were playing it on the 360, so obviously we didn't have the mods, so it was basically just straight Minecraft game. Uh, but... The PC version, you can take it to like like anything like like you mentioned Skyrim, where it just totally changes the game. Um, and yeah, it would I would be interested in purchasing it at some point for the PC just because of how much more expansive of a game it is. Just like I did with Skyrim, where I got it for the 360, and then I saw some stuff on the PC and I went, yeah, I'm gonna wait for a Steam sale, but then I'm then I'm buying it because I will be modding. Oh, yeah, That's right. Speaking about mods, just real, real quick tangent. I also picked up uh, another game where I bought now on two different systems. They had a promo going, so I was able to pick up XCOM's Enemy Within expansion slash standalone game. Uh, and then it has a mod on it called The Long War on the PC, which totally brings it back to a much more of XCOM UFO defense the original game vibe Ooh. where it's a much more difficult, much longer game and your, your people will die, but they've really expanded out the talent trees. They added a ton of different classes now for them and different classes for your mechanized units and really kind of nice. gets back to that, that old school XCOM vibe. Hmm. Nostalgia is a powerful oh, thing. Yeah. Um, our friends over at Apple in the last week released a freebie. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who were running Macs that were capable of running Mavericks, the Yosemite expansion has been released with uh, kind of a similar overhaul. They're aligning it more and more with iOS. Um, a lot of the new features involve integration between iPhones and the desktop environment, passing data back and forth, your phone calls popping up on your screen, sometimes right. annoyingly during shows. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's a complete freebie uh, available for download from Apple. And it's been in beta since around July, went gold earlier in the month, and now it's out there in the world. It does require reasonably modern Mac hardware to run. So it's not a matter of you know every Mac and your your old Mac mini sitting on your entertainment center is necessarily going to be able to run this. Um, but if it's a you know 2007 8 reasonably high end for its day machine or, or newer, it'll run uh, Yosemite just fine. Yep. Um, no major out of the gate faux pas or you know insert word here gate. Uh, stupid stories came out of the release, which is always refreshing to see. Um, like Antenna Gate or uh, what was it, Bash Gate recently when they found that ancient uh, security vulnerability in, in Bash. Right. Dating back to what, like 92? Holy crap. Um, 
So it is you know not reshaping the earth but it was it was nice to see it being released uh you know it, this is their version of a whole number revision uh like going from windows 8 to 10 when they when they give you a new a new name and they decided nah no money for this one here you go well i mean to me the most interesting thing is like right now with cell phones we all expect, be it Android or iOS, that when a new OS is released, we will download it on our phones and we get that as part of owning the phone. Right. Correct. And that's kind of and, where they're headed with this, I think. Right. And it seems like now on the computer side, it's getting to the point where paying for an operating system may not be a thing much longer. Yeah. Like, like really, if you're getting the operating system, that is akin then to you buying into that company's ecosystem and they'll make their money off you other places, which is exactly what Apple has very strategically done. They now have the app store for Mac OS, leveraging the idea of the, the empire they have built in the app store under iOS. Microsoft is looking to do pretty much exactly the same thing. They tried it out with windows eight very badly, Right. And they're looking to freshen it and have it actually be a meaningful store. I mean, if, if you've ever been to the Windows App Store, I mean, it's such a black eye for Microsoft because it's full of freaking malware. I mean, how do you not police your own company-branded app store? They have dozens, you know, if you, if you try to download VLC Media Player, which is free open source uh, Ultimate Media Player of Doom, you'll find a couple dozen hits, which is the VLC media player installer installer. (laughs) Which is basically a paid app, which will then go and download the free installer for you, and that's all it does. Wow. It's this cheatware where all they're doing is going and downloading the installer you could have gotten for yourself. And, And, you know, adjacent to it is the real VLC media player installer, they're all using lookalike icons. Like, is nobody minding the shop? Holy crap. And this is their official app store? Wow, you guys got work to do. Yeah, it feels yeah. like Microsoft just said, we need an app store. Exactly. Let's throw up a store. Yep. <laughs> and then nobody was in charge of it. And you, we'll you walk think, away, you yeah. Think the Google Play Store has malware issues. Sure. Holy crap. So they're, they're looking to clean house on that one in time for Windows 10 to come out. But I think you're right. That is that is the shape of the future is your computer with a basically embedded operating system and then come over to our app store and we'll, we'll take money from you there. Yep. Yeah, I think so. We'll get a, small, I mean, you know, we'll get a smaller cut from the, you know, the system manufacturer for selling them the OS to then resell to you, but it's not... We're not going to see boxed copies of Microsoft Windows on the shelf necessarily in the future. Sure, and you, you'll probably still see, especially in Microsoft's case, you'll see probably a home version that will be free or very low cost, but you'll have a business version that has enhanced business features, yes. right. quote unquote, that they'll sell to companies still and yes. uh, or device makers. I believe enterprise editions will will endure. With, right, right. With, yes, with connected, correct. you know. So that's good. I mean, as a home user, that's that's exciting to get to a point where, you know, I don't have to shell out a hundred bucks plus for a uh, new OS per computer anytime, you know, Microsoft releases something worth a damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you pretty much nailed that one. Yep. So, in the long, another in the long stories of you, you just can't do MMOs the old school way anymore. Yet another story of a 
MMORPG that launched fairly strongly, attempting to stick to the old um, subscription model in the form of Wildstar Online. Yep. And we're a couple months in, and Carbine Studios has just announced the layoff of around 60 employees. Yeah, so NCSoft in general laid off employees, yeah. but it was particularly heavy at the Wildstar studio for Carbine, where it was 60, and it was 60 like across the board. It wasn't just their entry-level test team, whatever. It was all all areas got impacted. So, and you know, it's, it's one of those games where it's a great game, yeah. and I've had no time to play it. Yep, um, same here. You know, I, you, Dax and I would play it together, and... Usually one of us either had something else they wanted to do or we just weren't in a position to be able to sit down for an hour or whatever amount of time to actually get on the game and, and go. So it's been, you know, probably a month and a half since I last played it. And about that. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's not and it's nothing against the game itself. The game itself I thought was fun, but it's not fun enough for me to cut out other things. That we've had going on. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's, I think, the... And just, just where I am in my life is the MMO doesn't fit. Certainly not nah. more than one MMO. Um, but I just I can't go in and, you know, I'm just going to grind, you know, X. No, I, if I sit down and start grinding something, I'm immediately thinking about all the other things I should be doing with my time instead of repetitively clicking the mouse and, and moving in circles on the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, it. Dep- I guess it depends on, how, uh, again, though, I guess how compelling is the game. Because right sure. now, I'm doing, quote-unquote, grinding in Destiny, but it's such compelling gameplay that I don't mind. I don't really think of it as grinding. I'm just going in to shoot things in the face. And if you, if you technically look at it that way, I'm also grinding in Dragonfall because I have to grind to get money. I have to do runs to get money. Right. So, but it's... But yeah, I, think the, I play that. And I read commentary. One of the, the big issues right now... For to me, for the MMO in general, for the at least the classic style MMO WoW subscription model, is that you know there's such a resurgence in role playing games on the PC, mm-hmm. somewhat on the console, but definitely on the PC that. You know, there, if I play a single-player role-playing game, at least my quests are varied, and I'm kind of progressing a story, and I know that there's going to be an endpoint. Whereas in an MMO, you get in, it's like, you know, the 50, you know, get me 15 bear asses, get me this type of thing. It's like once you do these quests over and over again, you start going, this is taking a ton of time, and it's very generic compared to I could spend the same amount of time in a single-player RPG and have a more fulfilling experience in a lot of cases. Yeah. The The only way, place where an MMO shines is if you have a consistent group of people that you want to play with that you can multiplay because multiplayer RPG is still not huge. Correct. Yeah, and the problem with that is where we stand in our lives, we all have busy lives and our friends all have busy lives, and to actually scheduling down to where five or six of us are available at the same time right. on the same day, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Therein lies the rub. The, yeah. The, I mean, we really need a game to come out that's a multi, it can be massively multiplayer, but it needs to be scalable based on what, however many people we have and how much time we have. 
which is a tough order to fill mm. because most game that's that's a wide spectrum of configurations that a game company would have to develop for because there may be a night where you know the three of us are able to play and but we want to run a dungeon so we need a dungeon that's going to scale down to only three of us and our three specific classes because one of us might not want to play a healer or you know whatever mechanics they have in the game but then another night we might have five people and then another night it might just be one person and so you need to keep this range of content where a lot of times uh you know an mmo will say you either have one person or or you can have a couple people questing overland but if you want to do a dungeon you're going to need four or five at the you know at that point so the numbers jump around on you and you it's just where we're at we definitely don't have the ability to uh to match that number requirement all the time that's for sure yeah and looking at uh the black void um True is reporting, yep, I still have over a year of subscription prepaid I bought for within game platinum, and I have lost all will to play yeah it's it's you know, it's a good game, yeah, and I like it's, the idea of, of you could you could buy your subscription with in game uh money was a neat neat idea right yeah it's, it's it's to me this is a weird one because I don't have anything negative to say about the experience nope. like any other game we left. Like Lord of the Rings Online or um, Star Wars. Star Wars. Like there was a reason. Like I could say we hit this point and then this is where the gameplay itself fell off. Right. With Wildstar, it's like it's I would play it if I had you, a little more. Yeah, time. it's like yeah, it's this weird uh, you know breakup with the game of going. You know, you've been great. It's just it's I'm not, not you. Ready to, it's me. I just yeah. I, I can't, I can't really... be in this relationship right now. <laughs> I can't really articulate why, but. I just can't right. be with you right now. So it's really strange, but it also makes me now look out there and go, wow. I mean, obviously, next EverQuest Next, I'm holding out hope that it does something captivating for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still have my nostalgia times where I think like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to jump back in on 99 or uh, uh. or jump. <laughs> I know you get lost. <laughs> but or like, you know, even like I get emails every once in a while from them about EverQuest 2 and that's free to play. So it's like, yeah, maybe I could check that out. You know, there's other games that now have gone free to play. Um You know, Rift being one of them that I kind of am interested in downloading and at least checking out at some point. But, you know, funny enough, in the NC Soft story, they laid off every division except Guild Wars. Uh huh. And Guild Wars is solid. Like, and that—that's a game I love because anytime I want, I can just re-download it on my computer and I can just go. Like, there's no account, there's no monthly fee, nothing. In it. And it was designed and, that way from yeah, the get-go. Is the difference. from the get-go, and it's it's a really rich game that really kind of could scratch that I need to run around and shoot down massive dragons with a bunch of random people type itch. So you know that like you there can. are games out there that ha- that are can be fulfilling that you know don't cost fifteen bucks a month. Yep. It's, but it's, I see you've been playing WoW. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Huh? Last, actually, last day or two, yep. Yeah, because I've been, you know, Aridin and I were like, oh, we got to play something. So we're like, oh, let's play Diablo. So we've been kind of dinking around Diablo. But you can see anybody you're friends with if they're in any Blizzard game. So yeah. I was like, the great, aha. great and powerful Palantir that is Battle.net. Right, right. Now, this, this was um, Nemesis came off of a several months kind of banning of uh, WoW. Mm. And he got it back on Saturday. 
So we're ah. very delicately letting him dip his toes back into and because he tends to get really vapor locked and obsessive about it. So we're trying to tell him about you know, let's have a little restraint here, play an hour at a time, you know, twice yeah. a day maximum, and not talk about it twenty four seven three sixty five. And right. And we'll see if, you know how well you do. So I was running him through. Uh, Stockades. Oh, wow. So long. Oh, God. Crazy. Nostalgia-rama. That's funny. Yeah, but I mean, you think like when MMOs first released, like I remember when we started playing EverQuest and like we talked about it (laughs) 24-7. 24-7. And we weren't even children. No. Yeah. Aradin, oh my God, he was obsessive. He would talk about every game 24-7 that he started playing. But we were... uh, I remember, like, we used to do pen and paper role playing on like every Saturday, oh, yeah. and I remember going to one after we started playing EverQuest, and all we did was talk about EverQuest. It was like we got like a scene done in the actual game, and then we stopped playing. <laughs> we stopped doing pen and paper for like a year <laughs> because it was like there's just no point. We'd all rather just be playing EverQuest. So interesting is the apple has not fallen far from the tree. No. Yep. No. <laughs> all right, there's a convenient breaking point between our yeah. segments here. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com. Come visit us. Come visit us. Come visit us on the web at alphageekradio.com. Come try out the experimental Alpha Geek video. Yes, we have a video channel now. Uh, we're looking at uh, expanding that out of Alpha and having people start actually utilizing it. And we're interested in your feedback. You can go to alphageekvideo.com and it'll redirect it to the right place. Or just come to the front page and click on the video tab and check it out. It runs 24-7 even when there's not a live show. Should sound familiar. It's the same way the radio station works, but with pictures. Pictures that move. I know. Ooh. Science. Uh, we've got uh, BlizzCon 2014 coverage coming up at the beginning of November. Should have a couple of six, seven live shows for you from the AIE Guild Hall uh, taking place again during BlizzCon. So keep uh, your eyes peeled on the front page of the website for that. We shall return after a little more, Jonathan Colton. Uh, this is... of yore. It all began with a god named Thor. There were Vikings and boats and some plans for a furniture store. Not a bodega, it's not a mall. This he'll thank for apartments smaller than mine, as if there were apartments smaller than mine. Ikea, Ikea. just a moke and some pine and a handful of Norsemen. Furniture for college kids and divorce men Everyone has a home But if you don't have a home You can buy one there so Rent a car or take the bus Lay your cash down and put your trust In the land where the furniture folds To a much smaller size Billy the bookcase says hello so does the table, his name is Ingo, and the chair is a ladder back perch, but his friends call him Carl. Ikea, Ikea. just a mug and some pine and a handful of Norsemen. Ikea, Ikea. filling furniture for college kids and divorce men. Everyone has a home, but if you don't have a home, you can buy one there. 
Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. We're on the internet and so are you. la dee da dee All right. Sorry. Had a mouthful of... It's too close to Halloween. There's candy in the house, you know? Oh, yeah. I gotta go pick some of that up. Well, I had a moment today where I realized I had been given the charge of hiding the big multi bag of chocolatey things <laughs> from yourself, from my spouse, and the rest and the kids. Ah! So I put it inside of a wooden storage container in the laundry room, mm-hmm. and then a week or so later, I was doing some remodeling, and I moved that out the whole container out into the garage. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It just struck me today that I probably have a melted, uh, solid shape of chocolatey things in there now. One trick-or-treater is going to get the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah going to have to eat all the wrappers with it, though, because it's going to be a single mass. Yeah. <laughs> so I may have committed a tactical error with my oh, chocolate well. storage. So, yeah, I'm almost afraid to go out there and pull that out and say, something's gone wrong. Right, right. <laughs> No. So we have a story here from Rico that I uh, actually touched on last week with Doc and uh, Gohex. Okay. But it is a big, fat, hairy deal. We're curious to see how this one's going to pan out. Because hmm. in a shareholder, in an investor meeting, rather, the CEO of HBO, Richard Plepler, mentioned that they intend to sell uh, a product, not necessarily exactly the same as HBO Go, but a direct-to-consumer, over-the-top, meaning through set-top boxes, product starting sometime in 2015. No huh. details, just that they intend to start looking at that. I think it would be a mistake not to sell, like to sell an inferior product. I they need to sell something, if not superior to HBO Go, then as. HBO Go basically is what they need to do. But the piece you're leaving out of your computations is the 
intertwined and incestuous relationship they have with the cable TV providers. They can go to hell, the cable providers. <laughs> and, and they will take billions of dollars with them is the problem if they do go to hell. Yeah. So eh, Not all of them. In the long term, we all know the future of how we wish to consume content is the cord killer model. I want mm -hmm. whatever device I want, wherever I want, when I want, and I'll just I, I'll pay to have that convenience, but I, I want it on my terms. Well, I mean, but I don't know if that's quite the it, it currently the only way to get to that mode is by cord killing. But if the cable companies were put in a position where they had to start offering a la carte services, then I might actually use them. Right. And I think I'm hoping they get forced into that corner by enough of us walking away saying, I'm not buying your stupid package with 37 channels. I don't want to get the two that I do. Right. Um, where they'll realize, well, I guess less is better than the zero we're getting for these people. So they'll change that around. We're in that m weird middle ground of HBO is the, the, the wording of the statement is, seems very careful because um, they, they talk about working with their existing partners to develop this. So it may be a matter of you're going to need an internet service provider to access this service. So you can may only be able to buy it through approved partners. So you may right. buy the HBO Unleashed or whatever it is via your, your ISP. So that way they get a cuddly action and they don't feel the need to rebel against HBO because they're part of the change instead of being left behind in the change. So another big piece that's out of, out of this is we don't know what this is going to cost, whether it will be a better deal than just ponying up and getting a, the HBO package with your uh, cable, cable TV provider cable. in order to access HBO Go. We'll see, but it's, it's heartening to see they are at least going to give it a go and are investigating ways they can get this to us um, without destroying their relationships with their existing partners. Yeah, I mean, I think though, again, you're you're in a situation with HBO where they have to start looking towards the future, and every demographic out there, every study is finding that the you know current generation of kids on are going to consume their stuff mainly online, mainly on distribution services, yes. yep. not watching TV at all. So they have to get with the times and position themselves to be able to, you know, grab that audience and grab that piece of the pie now <clears throat> versus waiting for the cable companies to kind of grind to a slow death. Because yeah. their cash cows, who is our generation, that we're getting older and they're and, not going to have that anymore. And more and more of us are are learning the uh, you know, the younger generation's way of consuming. Yeah, Correct. I mean we're we're, and we're it, converts like, to tablets. And and as soon as they made HBO Go such a great service, oh my gosh, yes. All all it takes, you know, is for somebody to say, well, why should the five of us all pay for individual HBO subscriptions? Yeah. If why wouldn't we just share a subscription? That's probably not. Uh, that's probably against the terms of uh, service, but. It's so easy to know? do. Well, but and it's also I'm sure HBO's looking at this, going, "Well, wait a second, we're missing out on potential revenue here now." Well, Netflix also um, has a system that detects how many streams are going, and they'll shut you down if you go over your cap. I doubt it would be hard for HBO to implement something very similar to that. Sure, and rein and they in could, rein in that sharing. They could do that, but I mean, at the same time, like if even if you just maybe five is a big example, but 
if we you just have a person that has cable and they don't ever use HBO Go and they give their login to somebody that only uses HBO Go, you know, that's that's 16 bucks a month now HBO's missing out on multiplied mm-hmm. by however many cases that that exists out there. Obviously something on their balance sheet has tipped to the point where they say, "Okay, we need to start heading this way cuz that's where the money is because that's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's what these companies are all chasing is their bottom line, which is their reason for existing. So I'm just glad to see it's it's actually happening. We've been you know sitting back for years now saying, you know, give it to us, give it to us. And there's at least there's movement in the brush. There's hope. There's, just to give us a little hope. Just you know? a smidge. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's great. I mean, that's that was you know the yes. one thing I was going to be sad about losing when I chopped this cord off, mm-hmm. and now it seems Maybe like it won't be that won't big of a have deal. To. We'll see. We'll see sometime in 2015, allegedly. As long as, as, long as it's on before Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get your fix. Yep. So from Kotaku, uh, yes. that's a video article, and, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> That it had to be a video to explain how it worked, because I don't know why it needs to be so complicated. Uh, we, I mean, if you can't describe how your how your sharing system works in a couple of sentences, possibly you're doing it wrong. Well, the, the crazy thing is, is that when you look at the article, as any sane person might be want to do, <laughs> they may think that when it says how you'll share your PS4 games with your friends that don't own them means that you're lending your games to a friend who doesn't, you know, own them. <laughs> and then they would be able to play said games. But that's not really what this is. No. That's- this is more like going to the bullpen when you're stuck in a game and you want to have a friend who doesn't own the game come in and beat the level for you right. or assist you in the game while you're playing it. This is go-to assist for consoles. Basically. It's yeah. it's a remote desktop for consoles. Yep. Um, it's a lifeline is what you're... That's right. I want to use my lifeline. Uh-oh. I think I've lost my lifeline to my co-hosts. What's it, up? Oh no, you guys, you guys, you guys faded out there for a bit. But oh, you're, sorry. You're yeah, it looks like it stuttered for a sec. But you're getting so you're basically you can have them watch your game and you can grant them control of the game even if they don't own it. And the 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 cool part of this to me is if it's a multiplayer game, you can have your friend join you and play even if they don't own the game. Right. While you're playing. So that's cool. I mean, there's good stuff here, but it's being billed in all the articles and everything that that share your games with your friends that don't own them. It's like, oh, this is not a lending library for your game. Yeah. People think of that differently when you're saying that. Yeah. So you can't say, oh, I own Bioshock. You don't own Bioshock here. You want to play it? I'm not playing Bioshock. You play it. Right, yeah. right, like you could do with a physical disc. Right. Which was, I mean, this was the whole reason for the uproar against Xbox when it first uh, was announced that it was going to be digital only. Digital only, right? yeah. That I want to be able to give my friend my game and blah, blah, blah. Especially when you're done with it. If you're done with it, yeah. what more? why do you want it? Because the publisher wants to sell two copies and not yes. only one. And that's that was the only motivation for that. Yeah. That and cutting, and it, and cutting production costs because, you know, why... why pay for a disc when you can just send bits sure true no there's a lot of, and you know in general though i if i could get the same sales and deals on games from a digital perspective i would buy all my games digitally because i already do it with steam right 
and I love it. But, but that, you know, one of the big reasons Steam has these gigantic sales, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've partnered with quite a few other sites that when they have a sale, you get a Steam key, and you just go activate this game on there, and boom, there's your game. I need Xbox to get the same robust storefront that Steam has to either offer sales themselves, which they do, and they're actually getting better with, but also allow me to go to Amazon when Amazon's running a, a sale and go there and say, here, download this code and now put it on your Xbox and you'll get the game, but I can buy it on Amazon storefront or I could buy it on you know, Best Buy storefront or whoever store I want to go to, but then redeem it digitally within uh, the Xbox. They're not there yet. And that's, I don't know if they ever will. Killer. I mean, we were talking earlier about these companies building their app stores. Mm-hmm. And this is the app store model all over again. I don't know if they'll ever open that up. The only weird thing here is, you know, it's a very limited number, you know, counting like arcade and the indie stuff aside. Sure. It's a very limited number of publishers that are populating these app stores, and they have very deep relationships with a lot of these studios. So it's not the same kind of free for all that the iOS app store is, where everybody and their brother can throw an app in there for sale. Right. Um, but it's the same. I think they're going for the same model as no. We want to control this. We want a large cut of every transaction. You know, this is where our cash is made because we we know very well they're making very little, especially on the in the early years of a new console generation. They're they're losing money on most console sales or making ridiculously low margins. And at the end of a production run, when they've gotten really good at making the consoles, they may make a couple of bucks off the consoles, but it's really all about the services and yeah. and anywhere where they can skim some money or get you to subscribe to something. Sure. So the app store is going to be a huge part of that money flow in the future. So I don't, but, I don't see them letting that go. But you know, if I was in charge of <laughs> if I were king, if I was in charge of making this. My one of the first things I would have done. Or it was to make the the system very easy to port previous generations of games onto it, and thus exponentially increasing the amount of apps or games available within your marketplace. Um, they just announced, uh, and actually it's up for sale now, that Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which is a PlayStation 2 game that's been ported and done all, just came out now remastered for the Xbox 360 and I think it's on the PlayStation 3 as well but it's 3 bucks mm-hmm. and oh, it's wow. one of the greatest Grand Theft Auto games ever made and I, you know we still have a 360 I'll probably give them 3 bucks for it because it's great and yep. it, if that was on the 1 I would instead buy it on the 1 but because they they uh don't look backwards. I mean, you look at the article of how much effort it was for them to port Last of Us from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4. Which was a freaking Herculean undertaking because yeah, that, that, was just, that was kind of a special situation just because it was so optimized for right. the, the weird architecture of the 3 where they wanted it to be the showcase game, the last hurrah. Here's the maximum we could do with the cell processor architecture. And man, did it show, but it was all custom written for that architecture only. So yeah. it, made, it made their life hell me bringing it to the new version. Right. But I mean, they. it seems like even if there are difficulties like that, that's the type of stuff they need to be throwing out there on the store. Make your stores interchangeable with all these other websites that you can then have sales going on or do whatever you want to do. But that would make a digital-only version of these consoles so much more appealing. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I just 
I've seen the 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 knee jerk reactions of the corporations going the opposite way. Of no, no, close it. Don't don't give any percentage away. Keep keep it all to ourselves. And unfor- unfortunately, they have the example of Apple to look to as yeah. the king of the success story, where everything going through that story, Apple has taken thirty freaking percent minimum off the top. Sure. And they but all I mean, want that that sweet deal, and they, they, what they don't realize is their is their product is not as compelling as Apple's, and they didn't build it from the beginning. They did they haven't put in the groundwork necessarily, but they're all thinking, oh, but we want a slice of that pie. Oh, of mm, course they are, yeah. but I wish they'd look to Steam instead of Apple. Yeah, because Steam, in, in the face of that, is just offered a way for me to share my game library with p- people that I mm-hmm. know. Oh no! So Fa- Father Gabe knows all. He uh, does, and it's it's yeah. it's like you know. It's kind of, uh, I don't know what a good analogy for it is, but you keep thinking, like, eventually they're going to stumble, and yet they don't. Like, Steam keeps putting out stuff, and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Take more of my money. Because <laughs> they don't Shut have enough of your money, money for games you don't play. Yeah, right. hey. Oh, you you just wait. We're about to hit the uh, the sales season. The holiday I know. Sales are coming. Actually, and Gabriel Knight's coming out also on Steam. Master Gabriel Knight, so I'll be buying that. See? Yeah. Gabe is your lord and master. Just say, is, say it man. with me. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I don't, I don't buy into the whole PC master race, but Steam <laughs> makes a compelling argument. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Never a dull moment. All right, from CNN Entertainment of all sites. Wow, mainstream. Yeah. Uh, good old Robert Downey Jr., who was making all the noises of. Oh, I guess I'm done with this whole Marvel thing. You know, I'm priced out of their business, and and uh, uh, oh, oh, what's that? Uh, um, Forty million. Um, uh, looks like he is in talks, and is, since this was published, has been more or less confirmed to be signing on for at least two more Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them definitely to be Captain America three. Um, and the, he's already was already signed up for through Avengers three, so this, the the yeah. other movie is to be determined, but is speculated to be uh, a final Iron Man four movie. Uh, to be determined, though not not actually announced. But the important part of uh, the signing on for Captain America three is it is a co-starring role, so it's not an also appearing. It is uh, equal billing with Chris Evans, the lead character in the movie. Uh, with lots of implication and speculation that this will see us moving towards the Civil War storyline. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you when I first read that, I was like, really? I mean, you have to have, like, I hadn't read that it might be moving to Civil War. It was just Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in Captain America. Yeah. It's like, why does Captain America need that? Exactly. Like, I was a little, and my first reaction was negative towards it because I want Captain America to stand kind of on his own, which I thought he did brilliantly in Winter Soldier. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I read where they were going with it, if it's possible that they're moving into the Civil War storyline with like what we mentioned before, that Chris Evans is saying he wants to direct, which I don't know. I don't know about that, but <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it, it's, it makes more sense then for him to be that, co-star and to have them do a movie where it is really the tension between you know government oversight again it, it's basically you know how where's the line between the government keeping the population safe and them overstepping their bounds into uh, citizens private lives it's like x-men all mutants must be registered right 
Right. Yeah. It is well, the yeah. It's their X Men Superhero system. Registration Act. Yeah. Yep. But that the challenge they're running into is, I mean, that hinged in, in the Marvel comic book universe. It hinged on the fact that there were superpowered beings left, right, and center. Yeah. Right. The realities of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are there aren't that many characters. No. Not yet. Right. But that I mean, that's they got you know a year and a half, two years to flesh out an awful lot of characters. Well, I mean, I get unless they have they already. Re- said when uh, Captain America 3 is supposed to come out? Uh, Where do I see here? Because I was imagining, or at least I thought that they were going to have Avengers 3 prior to Captain America 3. Yes, that makes sense. 2016. 2016, so two years. Two years. Two years and a bit. Um, But, I mean, if you look at Civil War the way, I mean... They can't have Spider-Man, and he was a major figure in Civil War. He was kind of he was the the poster boy between the two halves. Right. Um, you can't, t- can't any, have any of the X any of the X Men. <laughs> can't have. I mean, and and they haven't brought in really a lot of the menagerie of the characters surrounding the Avengers. Now they have the tool of Agents of Shield to do that. Yes. And they we will will be seeing Mockingbird at some point this year. Yeah. Uh, I've already seen the the costume tests with her. It looks really good. Um and so they may use that as a mechanism to introduce characters that then can, you know, at least flesh out the sides of the conflict in the Civil War. Um uh, we've got the two, we've got, you know, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch showing up, so there's two more, you know, coming with Avengers to mm-hmm. um it just they'll they'll need to for it to be a convincing two sided fight between you know, groups of opposing ideas with superpowers. They need to have groups <laughs> instead of yeah. a couple of dudes. So they've got their work cut out for them if they decide to head down this road uh, to make it a, a, a compelling and interesting storyline. The, the basis of the story is great. Cap versus Tony. Um, you know, registration versus freedom. You know, there's all kinds of, of resonance there. Uh, you know, oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's but, just, oh, yeah. I just don't want it to be underserved because it really it was a, it was a great storyline. <laughs> well, I mean, and also if they really stay true to the comics, which if I recall, it was the new warriors go in after somebody and, and, and they're fighting and they end up setting off a detonation that blows up a school. Right. I believe is what starts off the Speedball whole, like, oh, whole my God. Bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten out of control. Um we need to do something about this the super hitch uh, superhero situation right uh, so that's that's an interesting flashpoint to pick and i mean it was a good storyline within the comics <laughs> sorry our dog has a cone on her head and is rubbing it against <laughs> the every cone of shame yeah she is coney so i mean i'm I think it makes sense, especially as we mentioned before, if Chris Evans is moving on, it's a nice storyline. You can look it up on Wikipedia if you haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got uh, Falcon ready to take his place. Right, right. Which has been an established hand-me-down in the comics of Falcon stepping into Captain America's role. Uh, yeah. happened more than once, actually. Um, Golden Age version and current version. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, I'm excited for it. It's it's another like we mentioned with uh, Age of Ultron. It's a good cherry picking of a story that's mm-hmm. proven. It's a solid uh, mm-hmm. uh, story. It's contemporary. It will resonate well. 
and uh, I'm all for it. And and they have a couple years. Hopefully, these Netflix original series will kick off and See, give us some more characters. You're getting ahead of me there. That's where I was headed next. Was yeah. But what <laughs> we're forgetting is they have the whole Hell's Kitchen panoply of characters that we're going to see between now and then on Netflix. Um, they're all, uh, several of them are in production already. We're seeing some some costume tests with the uh, black version of the Daredevil costume uh, looking, looking badass. The actor they chose for Kingpin has me very excited. Um, can't pull his name out to save my life. He was in one of the now canceled on orders. Ugh! Drive me nuts. Oh, um, yeah, you the know the guy what? from uh, Man of Steel. No, the general from the army general. No, not him. Okay, uh, wrong guy. I like that actor, but no. The, the, yeah, he's really good. Um, but anyway, the Ice T. No, <laughs> <laughs> Detective Munch. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, it was from special, uh, not from Special Victims Unit. It was from uh, Major Case. Anyway. That's fine. Um, for some reason, Patton Oswalt keeps popping <laughs> into my mind. <laughs> That'd be an interesting Kingpin. He'd be an awesome Kingpin, but he's, uh, he's totally awesome in his roles on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, uh, speaking about it real quick, because I know I mentioned this to, to you last time we uh, talked. So, the BoJack Horseman. Yes. Have you watched any more of that yet? No, I've had no time, but okay. I've had it recommended to me from 17 so, different directions. Pat- Patton Oswalt has a great like cameo bit as the penguin, the publisher penguin. In okay. It. He's awesome in that role because <laughs> they're always like on death's door of going out of business. So like the lights are always being torn, turned off and it's uh, he's really <laughs> funny in that role. To Google, this is going to drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, there we go. Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio. Thank you. Yes. Oh, okay. Gone out of my mind. Um, and I at first went, huh? And then I saw some shots of him doing the full bald thing, and he's, yeah. he's bulked up a little bit. It's like, alrighty then. Now you look like Fisk. Um, and I'm I'm assuming that he'll be kind of villainous behind the scenes guy on for all the different series that lead to the defenders. Cause he's, yeah. he's kind of the, the overarching criminal element in hell's kitchen and all those, uh, series, but we'll see. So we'll see what, you know, how many side characters get introduced there along with the main characters for each of the mini series. And if that can flesh out, you know, what eventually becomes civil war, I'd really mm-hmm. love to see, you know, even if it's only a total fan service, gratuitous, single big scene in the movie where everybody from everywhere you know, gets a little bit of screen time or a one-liner or something, mm. just just to let a, one good scene of fan service wash over us yeah. for a massive group storyline that, like Civil War, I mean, Civil War was designed to sell comic books. Sure, sure. It it's was all crossover, you know, crossover, crossover. You read this title, then you got to read this title, yeah. then you got to read this title to get the whole story. It was the latest iteration of They're always like doing Secret that. Wars exactly. or Secret Wars 2. They're bringing, I think there was talk of um, yet another iteration on Secret Wars. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's a... Everything pretty- old is new again. Yeah, pretty classic. But I mean, they, they, you know, since Secret Wars and like Crisis on Infinite Earths are some of the first major crossover events in comics I can remember. See, but um, D- DC does it differently. DC keeps resetting their universe. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're on what the third time now with the new Fifty Two. Yeah. yeah. And 
Marvel has never done a big reset like that. No, they just spun off into the Ultimates and just said, "Here's an alternate version." Here's an alternate universe, and and but yeah. also they'll bring they'll let old Golden Age and Silver Age stories fall off the end of the table, and then they'll bring them back, sure, barely mm-hmm. altered, and just do them again. Yeah, um, for a whole new generation. Um, which hey, that's nice. Not necessarily, I like it. especially if it's you know retold well with good art, um, and it's new to the current generation because you know comic purists are not that common a breed. Someone who's going to own old issues and, and understand the full history of the unbelievably expansive comic book universe. So if you can give them an entertaining story that, yeah, so we told this story in 1962. This person has never seen that story. Yeah, Here it exactly. is updated for you know the, the, the 20-aughts. And Though with the power of Wikipedia and stuff, there I is mean, that as well. That's a whole other wrinkle of well, I read here that in issue sixteen of right. the classic X Men, Krakoa was not in fact sentient yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nerd. <laughs> Nerds. Yeah, your point. <laughs> Nerds with Wikipedia. I think that's exactly what we were just talking about. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but at the same time, the one of the things that excites me about the Netflix thing, which I've honked on mightily about many times before, is the fact that it's actually telling stories from characters I've never really followed before. Right. Jessica Jones. Uh, yeah. yeah. Daredevil exactly. really never really showed up on my radar. Um, I had a brief uh, encounter with Power Man and Iron Fist at one point. Um, it's like, wow, black black exploitation, cool. Let's put that aside. Um, yeah. So, like, let's get as many stereotypes as possible. Oh, you go back and you look at those issues. Holy crap! What the yeah. hell were we thinking? Uh, but anyway, um, so it'll be a, a first new because all the all the stuff that has made been made into live action by Marvel so far has been stuff that I had some history with and had some investment in already. This is going to be, other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is completely created out of whole cloth, these are going to be stories that I've never really paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. Well, other than in in the not-so-great Daredevil movie of before. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like I came in with a wealth of knowledge on Guardians of the Galaxy either. There wasn't that much there to know, really. I mean, you you could go read all their backstories in an afternoon. Sure. Um, Oh, yeah. There weren't that many years. I mean, they they were something that were featured occasionally and for short runs. Yeah. Um, However, since then, they had a great uh, tie-in with the all-new X-Men, which I have been reading. Oh, okay. Um, where oh. they, they brought them in as an obvious nod to, hey, la, 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 look, this is going to be on a movie soon. Um, had a fun tie-in with all those those characters in, in their current Marvel incarnations. Um, but another thing Marvel is, it looks like they're striving to do is try and get the stories that they're currently telling in the comic books to align more with their movie counterparts. Yeah. Because one thing they've realized they've been missing out on is getting anyone to pick up a comic because of the movies. Because someone goes, grabs the comic, and they have no idea what the hell's going on because it bears no resemblance to what they just saw on, on, the, right. movie, on the movie screen. And they're going to make a conscious effort to try and have the storyline that's running around the time a movie launches to be something that relates to what's on the screen so that you could take the knowledge you've gained from the screen and make it an entry point for the comic series. It'd be interesting to see 
if they can pull that off. I'm not yeah. sure if one necessarily leads to the other. Well, and also with the fact that the movie rights are distributed amongst three studios. That doesn't uh, help. Are they going to yeah. do it only for, like, the Avenger? Well, or? let's see. You missed last week, so let me tell you what they did. Uh, they canceled the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I heard yes. about that. So things between Marvel, Disney, and Fox are probably not at their high point of cooperation at this time. Um, yeah, but, I mean, as somebody who hates the Fantastic doesn't really Four. care. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, Apparently Marvel doesn't care about them anymore either. They, I, I mean, they gave us Doom, and I'm sure our esteemed producer will will talk about that, who is a great villain. But other than that, you have, like, Silver Surfer, which never really did much for me either. And you have, like, big threats like Galactus, which also doesn't translate that well, especially to the screen. Well, a big purple-helmeted guy? Yeah, and... and let's not even get into their child because their child is oh, just weird and crazy. Well, Franklin, Ben, yeah. yeah, Franklin, yeah, he was. Oh, um, so I mean, you have Reed Richards, which is an important character because he is part of the triumphant Illuminati. That uh, basically between him, uh, or no, he isn't. He wasn't actually included. It was uh, Tony Stark. Professor X and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Those were the Illuminati. Okay. So, yeah, really, so who cares? Get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just work here. Yeah. I mean, they're glorified mutants. That's it. Yeah. Well, this, this, we're wondering if this is just them just trying to leverage them and say, we're not going to support your, your offering in any way, shape, or form. In fact, we're going to make the comic that would have supported we to go away, we're telling the toy distributors they're not allowed to release Fantastic Four toys. Why don't you just sell those rights back to us? Wow. Yeah. it's It has all the hallmarks of, of a heavy-handed. Strong okay. arm. You're not huh. going to play ball? We won't play ball either. Um, hmm. Now, they can pull that off with Fantastic Four, where, which doesn't have very good book sales. Um, no. Yes, true, in the IRC. Franklin? Oh, you mean Q. Yes, he basically has the powers of Q, yeah. um, which makes him boring, because omnipotent characters are dull. Are they right. boring? Unless it they're, was, unless they're uh, played by, um, oh, what's that actor's name? Who played John Delancey. Yeah. Oh. He, 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 he could have fun at an insurance seminar, as they say. Well, they're, they're yeah, they're interesting when they have character flaws, flaws even if they exactly. don't have power flaws. Right. Um, um, but yeah, that's the whole Superman. Uh, yeah, that's why Superman problem. is a crappy character. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's another one. Girl doesn't like. I don't like Superman. No, no, neither. Do I. It's he's too super. I mean, I yeah. think that's one of the things that made the most recent movie a, a little bit more um, accessible and interesting. Palatable. Yeah. Yeah, because it they they gave him neuroses and they made him, but from power standpoint, he was still indestructible and godly. Of course. So, yeah, he's got self-doubt. Yeah, he's not fully skilled or fully trained and you know, nearly got his ass kicked by the, by the well-trained uh, antagonist. But still, he was in no danger of stubbing his toe. Um, no. Or not stubbing his toe without pulling a building down on top of him. Yeah, and countless other people. <laughs> not that I want to harp on that anymore. But I want to yeah, see no. them make that a big. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's one of the major plot points of Dawn of Justice is 
we got to do something about this alien because he just killed millions of people. Yeah, and that, or I was mean, involved in the the death of that. Or, right. Yeah, I hope they pin a little blame on him. I hope they pin a lot of blame on him. I hope that's the entire basis of the conflict yeah. is why they feel like they need to be antagonistic with him. And this is this is them. I hope it's them coming to terms with the fact that oh, you were protecting us from the even worse guys, and yeah, bad things happen. But if you hadn't saved our asses, we would all be dead now. Yeah. Um, that may, I'm hoping that's the story arc of, of where they end up friends at the end is like, I didn't, I don't want to hurt you people. I was saving you from a much worse fate I, and I feel terrible and you know, I'm torn up by the destruction that I caused, but I would do it again for the, for the, for the greater good. And someone with a strong opinion is just logged into the, uh, Skype. What's up, dude? Hola, como esta? Donde esta la biblioteca? Yeah, Donde esta la what? Donde esta la biblioteca? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the first thing you... You're a true nerd. The first thing you ask for is a freaking library. Duh. Those services before. That's better. Donde esta el baño? Is that better? I <laughs> After the cervezas. <laughs> yeah. Que pasta, amiga. We buy in grassy ass. Yeah. I think you broke my brain. <laughs> oh, my God. That doesn't sound too hard. Barry Von no. Awesome is in the house. So we've talked about like Marvel-related things, and Doctor Doom came up, so we, we assumed your spirit animal uh, tapped you and said, hey, come call. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anytime anyone mentions Doctor Doom on any podcast, I have to call in. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was just kind of like stuck on the fact you guys were talking about the, uh, the multiverse aspects of... Uh, some of the different, uh, the Marvel and DC and the DC one's obvious. I mean, that that's what they were resetting their worlds for. They keep trying to have a universe and then they keep letting it fragment back into a multiverse and then lather, rinse, repeat. Can't they just make a decision? Yeah. I really like the way Marvel did that a lot better. I mean, they, they did the, the ultimate spinoff thing, side universe so that they, and that whole point of that was kind of to have a set of comics that were more modern and more in line with the movie universes and everything. And I think that when they first did the Ultimates, they did it, they were like, well, if, if there was an Avengers movie, what would that look like? And if you go back and read those first couple uh, Avenger or Ultimates comics, like, they are pretty close to actually what happened in the Avengers mm-hmm. movie. Like, there's a lot of similar tie-in stuff. Well, I mean, their, yeah. their mission statement was, you know, what if these superheroes came into being today? Yeah. Well, they, they also, I mean, Nick Fury in that comic is drawn like Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Exactly, and, yeah. And you have, I mean, aside from them putting Banner on a platform and nuking him, it's it was a pretty close story, for sure, especially with the battle in New York that happens in the, the, the Ultimates 1. All right, I'm going to get, like, deep-diving nerdy here, though, and share something really weird about the Marvel Universe with you. Do go on. <laughs> Okay, you know about uh, the guy on the moon, Uatu, the Watcher. The right? Watcher, yeah. 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 And there was this long series of comics they ran in the seventies, eighties, and eighties called "What If," which were always awesome sure. and oh, fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were always from the Watcher's perspective, and he was always asking for it was one issue spinoff things about like, well, what if what if um, Jane Foster picked up the hammer of Thor? Yeah. Right. What if, there was one where it was like, what if? Uh, Storm got the powers of Thor or something like that right. too. Yeah. They did. They did a bunch of those just one-off things. That is the Marvel's version of the multiverse. 
And there was two different comics in the, like the 90s and 2000s that also explored this, too. Uh, well, there was the Age of Apocalypse X-Men spinoff alternate universe thing. Right. That was awesome. And a couple characters from that Age of Apocalypse universe like made it over into the main Marvel yeah, universe. Dark Beast yeah. came back. Um, yeah. A couple of uh, Nate. Yeah, Nate Summers, X-Men. Nate Summers. Yeah. And he actually had the power of... Or I think he was called Nate Gray, but anyways, yeah. he was supposed to be Cyclops and Jean Gray's son. Right. He was he was Cable without having been sent to the future, and he, in his spinoff comic after that, gained the ability to travel, uh, between these multiverses. Okay. And there was also the comic uh, Blink was one of the other characters that everyone loved from Age of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and they spun her off into her own series of a group of people. It was kind of like the that show Sliders. They yeah. would. They would involuntarily jump from multiverse universe to multiverse universe, fixing problems uh, in each issue or like each little like uh, three issue story arc. And I loved, I loved that comic. It was really great. And anytime there was this this over uh, power like guy that was running the whole thing, and anytime one of them died, he would just replace them with somebody from one of the you know another universe. So like you would <laughs> oh, get these geez. like. Yeah. alternate universe versions of like superheroes that would then be on the team and like and the roster was ever changing and rotating and they were just jumping from adventure to adventure like they'd end up in like the zombie version of the marvel universe or like a universe where ultron took over the whole planet and everyone was robots and stuff and here's a really obscure fun fact the main marvel universe planet is known as earth 616 okay i remember that that's also the call sign for the pl- the plane on uh uh, Agents of Shield. <laughs> oh. Easter I, I egg. Know, I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I did. Of course you did. <laughs> because it's you. Yeah, it's Earth six one six. That's the main Marvel universe. Yep, That's the one where that. everything is. Earth Prime. It's Earth yeah. Prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, least, at least where we hang our hats. Yeah. All right. Uh, I I hope they don't feel the need to dip too crazily into alternate... I mean, if we've, we've gone so far down the rabbit hole in the movie and TV universe where they feel like they need to grab for what-if stuff. I mean, there's so many mainstream stories that they uh, oh, have yeah. yet to tell. There's there's no need to do, to do what-ifs, except, except for maybe as like a, a, a single special, like the musical vervy version of Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a one-off of... Just, let just, let's just do well, this because it's fun. I mean, you might say like the the Marvel zombies thing was crazy popular, so I could see yeah. them dipping into that just to say, "Hey, here's some fan service. Here's an, uh, a universe that people wildly love from the comic books." Right. I would not make that. Not not the walking superheroes, though. Why not? <laughs> Pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was better than a zombie, but a super powered zombie. Super powered zombies. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, zombie. Deadpool, well, the head of Zombie Deadpool from the Marvel Zombie Universe did end up somehow in the main Marvel Universe and hung out with Because it's Deadpool. Because he's got a crack wise. it's the head of Zombie Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool does not apply. No No rules or anything applies to Deadpool. He (laughs) he strides across parallel universes at will. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I'm curious to see. I know they're moving forward. Um, with that project, I'll, I'll be curious to see if it makes it to the screen and and what form it takes, and if Ryan Reynolds is still attached because his voicing it in that little clip was was very well, much, yeah. much fun, fantastic. Yeah. It was what it should be. He's yep. amazing. It just 
We'll see. Uh, it's one of yeah. those things that that's you know it's kind of been out there for a long time, and I'll be kind of shocked and amazed if it makes it to the screen. And I hope it's the next big thing. I hope people you know say, "Oh God, Deadpool is the greatest thing ever." Uh, and then it's, it's the superhero movie that it's it's like the Star Trek Four. You know, it's it's the Star Trek movie, but that everybody goes to see because it's got universal appeal because it's freaking hilarious and awesome. And you, and you don't even care that it's a superhero movie because it's written correctly for Deadpool and it's delivered beautifully by whomever they get. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't go to a comic book convention, though, without... I mean, every three steps, there's a Deadpool. Oh, yeah, there's a million freaking Deadpools. Deadpool flash mobs at every single event I've been at recently. Yes. And they've all been yeah. universally awesome. It, it is a pretty easy costume to cosplay, though. It's pretty much just a bodysuit. You need a red yeah. morph suit and some black and white cutouts from around the eyes. And scene. And you're there. Right. And then you can accessorize however you want, and that's where a lot of the fun can come in. Exactly. Right. Because right. Deadpool dresses for all occasions. Oh, you, you know... I mean, we had the Alice in Wonderland Deadpool crossover that I saw, which was quite, um, yeah. I was thinking more of just katana swords and big guns, but yeah, all right. That's classic. If you want to go with the classic, you just get your bandoliers and your big old horking guns and call it a day. But I mean, that's, and again, that's why that's taking a character that is effectively immortal, but making him interesting because of his character flaws, which doesn't work. Which are many. Right. Um... Oh, by the way, I'm on the same page with you there. I hate Superman. He's the worst. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> I think we're, we're all in agreement on that one. Is, is right. As pretty like, as it's really sad when I go to the We're not in agreement. I like Superman. I mean, he's not my favorite. But is he but interesting? Is he interesting? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I mean, what, what story can you tell around him where you're concerned for his well-being? I don't think I'm ever concerned for his well-being physically. I think a lot of the times it's a mental concern. Okay, so you're concerned for his mental health. Well, I mean, we should be concerned. We don't want him flipping out. Exactly. Uh, well, you know the best when Superman's at his best? Is when he's not Superman. When he's getting punked by Batman on Justice League cartoon. There you go. That's, That's when true. he's at his best. When Batman's like, Clark, you're an idiot. And Clark's like, oh, I really don't have anything to say to that because, yeah, I am an yeah, idiot. An idiot. And you're like, Actually, and you've just demonstrated it clearly. Interesting sidebar. Are we talking no. about the new season of Arrow yet? We've been oh, a- we, we haven't watched it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I got it all recorded. I haven't had time okay, to Okay, because it. I'm having a real serious problem with some of the casting of one of the new characters. Oh, no. We'll do it. We'll do it next week. Yeah, we'll get through them this just week. Just out of curiosity, Barry, who's who's got all up in your junk? Uh, <laughs> Brandon Routh? Yeah. He was Superman. So now he's corporate bad guy. I know, but he shows up on Arrow and you're like, okay, is he Superman no, or not? Just <laughs> I don't know what to say. What's going on? <laughs> I just keep waiting for him to, like, the other shoe to drop and he's going to punch someone through a wall. No, he's just a pretty actor who got a job. Because, you know why? Because it's the CW and yep. he's hot. Yep. And that superhero Bingo. And Superman movie sucked and he couldn't get a job after that. So he'll take what he can get. Yeah. So yeah, with, at some point, um, we'll probably bleed through. I mean, we'll get through. You know, Doctor Who's going to be a short season, yeah. and so we can repopulate with Arrow and Flash and stuff oh, as, yeah. as we move. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one just just a total nerd note aside for the Flash uh, series, I thought it was really kind of neat that the guy they cast to play Barry Allen's father, yeah, is the guy who played the Flash in the '90s Flash television yeah. series. So that yep. that was a nice nod, and he's he's a good actor. He's really got a really interesting uh, face. 
Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't he also the dad on Dawson's Creek? I believe so. <laughs> Did you watch Dawson's Creek, dude? Seriously? I, I had girlfriends in high school, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. I just got more surprised at that than you watching Dawson's Creek. <laughs> well, I aim to please. And on that bombshell, <laughs> it's time to end. Uh, you have been listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Alpha Geek Radio. You know how to find us. Send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. We're on the tweeter. Uh, Hardcore Casuals is the show. Alpha Geek Radio is the network. And now there's an Alpha Geek video out there, which will hopefully get used for something soon if you want to start following it. Uh, out there in the world, uh, let's see, next weekend's likely to be a little weird. So we'll confer off air. You guys keep an eye on the front page of alphageekradio.com for announcements as to whether or not will there will be a live show. And if so, if it may be happening at a weird time. And we'll also put it out there on the Twitter and all those different places you can find the infos. In Whenever you say something's about to get weird, you need to follow it up with two, two dragons. Okay. <laughs> and you also need to watch the remake of Star Skin Hutch. Yes, you do. <laughs> when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Moving on. All right. There's a couple hours of your life you just ain't getting people